Hey listeners, Morse Code here. Welcome back to another episode. Last time, I sabotaged the renovation in Josh's lair by, well, ruining cement. A huge crew was going in to scoop it all out. That's my opening. I've snuck into the bunker disguised as a crew member. The upside is that this is a foolproof disguise. The downside is this mustache is incredibly itchy. I'm infiltrating Josh's studio to catch his golden interview with Amy Dix. All right, and we are live. Amy Dix of Choose Happy. The website is choose-happy.me, and hopefully that should appear in the post below. Uh, Amy, um, you and I are friends. You and I work together, uh, and I I was really happy to have this conversation uh, today just simply because you know, by now, you know, it's been over a year where, you know, we've all been operating in this, just this weird twilight zone kind of (laughs) environment. Yeah. (laughs) And I think if you look at the headlines, if you look at, you know, where people's minds are right now, I think everyone maybe is, well, most people are hopeful that we're kind of at the tail end here and maybe we're going to be able to get back to regular life. But that's not to say, Amy, that this past year hasn't been taxing. And, um, you know, and there's been just a lot of um, implications of, you know, maybe people who are used to working in a very social environment and have been working solo for a long time And I also saw this news story, my wife pointed this out to me, about people are actually developing a little bit of nervousness about, you know, going back, Uh, you know, because we've now also been used to working in an environment. So, uh, you know, for those who are maybe about to go back to the office or maybe it's just becoming more and more, um, we're, we're getting together more and more and more professionally um, you know, certainly the aspect I wanted to cover with you because, and, and um, you know, I just have so much respect for the work that you've done you know, academically, professionally, the people that you help, um, the companies that you've worked with to instill happiness. So that's yes. kind of our big <laughs> thesis for today, Amy. Um, I, I'd love for you to kind of just before we kind of get into some tips and ideas, some really f- actionable things that we can do, um, that we can instill happiness. And so for my friends that are watching this, that are business leaders, um, you know, maybe they super, they supervise a group or maybe you're just, you know, showing up at work and you know what they, someone might be asking, you know, what influence or what power do I have and what can I do? So Amy, before we get into all that, would you just explain, um, a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, huge topic to ta- tackle. And uh, here live, Bridget says, taxi yeah, I know. is a great descriptor. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> and truly, <laughs> Thanks, taxing, yeah, that is a great word to use. And yeah, so I choose happy and kind of what I do is, you know, we're bringing value and meaning and happiness back to the workplace. And that sounds like sometimes that can sound very pie in the sky and it can sound like a really, I'm going to use Bridget's word again, taxing yeah. uh, topic to tackle. Uh, but the reality is, is like when when we approach it at a human level, we can really break it down. So a lot of times what happens is people go into organizations and and we work with the leaders and that's great. 
Uh, however, I believe that we need to work at all levels of the organization and tackle it not necessarily from a workplace perspective, but tackle it from a human perspective. So if we can change our team members, our employees to be more happy in life, that spills over to work as well. So one of the things that I say a lot is like, we don't believe in work-life balance. We just believe in balance, in life balance. And as we sit in 2021, I don't think I, or I should say it this way. I think the time of saying, um, keep your problems at the door when you walk into work, you know, keep yeah. home, keep home at home and work at work. I think the times of saying that are over because the line has been blurred so much as we have kind of progressed and developed over time. So that's why I say it's not about work-life balance. It's truly about life balance. And when we be, when we can become happier humans, then we can be more productive and a better asset for our employers at work. So that's kind of just like an overview of um, some of the things you know that we work work with. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, you know it's it, one of the most profound interviews that I remember on on you know this sort of thing. You just said you know leave your problems at the door. I interviewed. Uh, uh, Boo Corrigan, and at the time was one of the head coaches for the Army. Um, the gosh, the 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 the, 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 the Army Academy. Yeah, sorry, it's <laughs> on the tip of your tongue. Oh man, what is that called? Come on, someone help me out in the chat. It's like uh, I know the Naval Academy, right? So the Army's uh, the Army's uh, version of it. I'm a Navy. I'm a former Navy guy. So forgive me, Army veterans. Um, but I remember asking him about. Um, leadership in a military environment. And I, I, you know, I was in, in the early nineties, it was still relatively old school, although it was, you know, starting to get a little bit more sensitive, but he said something that blew my mind. Cause I did this interview, I want to say about eight years ago, um, I was at the army Navy game and, uh, you know, I just talked about leadership and, and, and he said, you know, uh, he, he listed, you know, like discipline or blah, 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 blah. But the third one he listed uh, for effective military leadership today is empathy. And I was like, ah, yes. What? I, I mean, that just like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I thought I was like, forget the rest of like everything I was going to ask you. Tell me why, an, uh, uh, you know, a military leader, why empathy is important today. And as leaders, um, Amy, maybe you could talk about this, you know, and I'd love to hear um, your answer for you know, if you are in a supervisory or a leadership position, um, why it's just so critical uh, to be empathic in 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 a team culture, that sort of thing. Particularly, whether or not we're getting together in person or just on Slack. Yeah. So that is one of my favorite things to talk about because empathy is such. Okay, let's back up for a second. Like. Let's just go 10 years ago. 10 years ago, uh, when we looked at managers and leaders, we were not having this discussion about empathy. It was kind of like, hey, you do what I say because I'm the manager and I've got all these skills and all this these great ideas that I promise if you do what I say, I can you know move this organization to the next level. And to some extent, that is 
okay. But let me say this again, to some extent. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're only going to go so far with that. And you're really not going to inspire people to want to really kind of work for you um, or work with you. So empathy is really, in my mind, it's about two things. It's about connecting with your team. And then on the other side of that, it's about your team feeling understood. Mm -hmm. And when people feel understood, they'll follow you anywhere because they know that you get them. And when you get someone and you feel understood, it's like, let me just jump on your back and ride this ride with you. I will do whatever that you need me to do because we're both on the same playing field. Whereas I think the message before was very much of like this hierarchy, you know, this person is higher than you. And so therefore you have to listen to them. But if we can understand that humanity is one level that we do Mm. not have a hierarchy for humanity, then I think it really changes the perception of if we're a leader, how we lead. And if we're a team member, how we treat our coworkers. So humanity is just one level. Humanity is not a hierarchy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about this too. Um, You know, I I love how you talk about, you know, empathy being, you know, just, it, it transcends position. And I'm thinking about, you know, as a leader, how important it is to have empathy for those that, you know, or, you know, might be more junior in the team that we're supervising and, you know, we're expected to mentor and, and so forth. But, you know, interestingly, you know, I'm, I'm now thinking about, well, wait a minute, if you come in and you can tell that, you know, the boss, you know, is, um, is upset or frustrated or stressed or worried about something, um, to say, to ask them, you know, even though it might feel out of place to say, Hey, is everything okay? You know, you seem a little, um, you know, distressed today. And, um, that's very cool. Like, um, I think that as, as a leader to have someone, even though it might feel really uncomfortable and it might feel very out of place just to show that you care, um, boy, you talk about what a lasting memory that will have, um, for, um, that person that you work with that, you know, might be higher than you in the food chain or, you know, the chain of command or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Well, I think sometimes uh, as leaders, we may like the old school way is to build walls. And um, because when we build walls, then we create this distance between us and those who work for us. And that just simply doesn't work anymore. I remember when uh, I was in corporate America. Now, this was over 10 years ago now, but I was a very young manager. So I was a manager right out of college. And I'm sure that people felt like I had no business being a manager and leading. And so it created a very interesting challenge when I was in those positions. And so One of the things that I learned is, and this is not what I would say now, but what I learned from other people was, hey, if you create this wall 
between you and your employees. Don't even worry about it if they, you know, don't trust you. Don't even worry about it. But the reality is, is that could not have been the worst advice. <laughs> that could have, that could not have been the worst thing to do at that time. And I think as uh, I grew as a leader and a manager and where I ended, where I am today as a leader or where I ended when I, when I left uh, corporate America as a leader was very, very different than how I started. And I had to kind of find my way on my own a little bit. And, uh, but man, I think if I would have come out of the gates having empathy, if I would have come out of the gates being an authentic, true person who cared and understood and wanted to understand how much more, how different I would have been, but how much more impactful our organization could have been as well. And so, of course, that came over time. But that is not how it started. And in a lot of ways, I'm really ashamed of that story. But in a lot of ways, I'm really proud of that story, too, because I came out the other end understanding that. So uh, my next question is about instilling happiness. And um, I I wonder uh, if someone thinks about this and like, okay, well, I'm going to create more positivity in the workplace. Right. And so I'm going to come in and I'm going to be all Pollyanna, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm going to just be, uh, you know, uh, just, um, it almost feels like putting on an act. Right. Um, you know, I could see how, you know, some folks might think of it that way. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. How do you instill, whether you're a leader or, whoever you are in the workplace, what are some good, um, you know, additional practices that you can do if you're like, you know, it kind of gloomy around here (laughs) and it's not good for my (laughs) mental health. Right. Uh, or like we just recognize the value, even from a, like Machiavellian viewpoints, like we want more productivity. Well, happiness will in the workplace will absolutely increase productivity and results and, and revenue and all of those sorts of other things. Um, but what, what are some of those great ideas, um, that, that we can instill that? Yeah. Well, first of all, Uh, I want to address one thing that you said, which is uh, what we call in like the positive psychology world called false positivity. So false positivity is kind of what you were insinuating where somebody comes in is like, no, today's great. Hey, everything's going to be great. You know, uh, on, on a personal level, like the best example I can give is, you know, somebody, uh, and this is a pretty deep example, but I think you'll get it really quickly. If somebody is like diagnosed with something terminal and we come into that person and we say, it's going to be okay. Just think positive. Everything's going to be fine. Like that's false positivity. And that's, we don't want that, especially as leaders. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like even the look on your face says I, it all, I have- really. Yeah. And, and Amy, as you're saying that, I, I have a lot of personal experience with a culture that I used to be a part of that was just a lot of that. And you weren't allowed. It, it was it was frowned upon to be, you know, and obviously there's a limited, you know, how personal, how vulnerable, vulnerable you want to be. But then again, to just put a, you know, to, to inst- rather than empathy and, and sharing true concern for someone to say, Oh, well, you know, the guy upstairs knows blah, 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 has a plan for us all. And it's like, ooh, um, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I, can, I get that that's, that's your story. Cool. I, I respect that that's for you. I don't know. I don't know that that's really effective. Yeah. Well, in, in some cases, it feels a little condescending as yes. well. And, yes. uh, you know, you certainly don't want to come off that way. And and look, you know, I talk to and I, and I write about this in my book about having positive and negative intention. And so I think you have to also take a step back and go, well, did that person have negative intention behind what they That's said? Unfair. And if the answer is no, you have to give them a little bit of grace, if you will. Uh, yeah. However, I think when we know better, we do better. And so we may have found like somebody listening may go, oh, I've totally done that. Well, you know what? That's okay. So, but now just recognize it and understand how you maybe can kind of change your ways a little bit. So as leaders, we don't want to go in saying everything is great when maybe everything's not great. So that's false positivity. We don't want to do that there. We want to address what is actually happening realistically. Uh, as far as like your question goes about, you know, how can we um, have a happier, more positive work environment without just coming in and going, yay, let's build slides. And, you know, like we're not Google. And uh, and the, the work environment has changed drastically over the last year. And I think, again, I'm going to go back to saying it's not just about working with leaders. It's about working with everyone of the organization. And when you look at it this way, you understand that the same principles apply, whether you are are a CEO, whether you are a VP, whether you are in sales, like it does not matter what you do for the organization, all of these rules apply. And one of the best things that anyone can do for themselves and for the organization is understand what their values are and how that aligns with the organization. Because when you get to this point and say, well, I value X, Y, Z, and the company values A, B, C, then you can say, how can I bring more meaning to what I value? And, and so instead of saying like, what is the meaning of my job? You ask yourself, how can I bring more meaning into my job? And that will change the perception of not only how leaders lead, but how we all show up every single day at work. And we'll show up very, very differently when we ask ourselves it in that way. Yeah. Um, so, Amy, um, and, and by the way, uh, to anyone who's watching this, whether you're watching this live, or you're watching this after the fact, um, I wanted to mention, uh, Amy, that your website is choose-happy.me. And, and I know you've got resources, you, you've done lots of podcast interviews, you've, you've done a lot, you do a lot of good in the world. Would, would you kind of share maybe some of the resources that, that you make available yeah. So, you know, when we talk about from a work perspective, uh, the one of the greatest things that we do is workshops and um, working with your team and speaking. One of the really cool things that uh, we are rolling out now to organizations is our program called My Mobile Mentor. And what My Mobile Mentor does is it allows your team to have access to a mentor to up-level their life, to achieve greatness, to achieve those goals. And I kind of think of it like this. 
it's kind of like if you know that you need to work out, let's say, or you need to exercise, well, you can go and wake up in the morning and go, okay, I'm going to go to the gym or, okay, I'm going to go to my spot where I'm going to work out. But if you don't have a plan of what your workouts are going to be for the week or what workouts you're going to do uh, that day, then you're just kind of making it up as you go along and your results are not going to reflect what they would if you actually had a plan on what your workouts are going to be every mm, single day sure. or a few times a week or whatever it is that you've um, determined. It's the exact same thing. It's But we look at it from a life perspective. So sometimes we need that mentor that, that we were talking about earlier. Like we need that mentor to be there for us, to help push us. But not only that, to create a pathway for us. Uh, a lot of times what I have realized over life, one of my favorite sayings, and it's not mine, uh, it's a very well-known saying, but is you can't see the forest through the trees, you know? Mm -hmm. So here we are, we can't see the forest through the trees. And so that's what my Momo Mentor does. It uh, pairs up your team members with a positive psych psychology practitioner and uh, helps you to define what is that pathway based on what type of life satisfaction you're going for? And what is that custom pathway for you in order to achieve those goals? And it's a really cool thing that uh, organizations can offer their team, their employees, as, be, as we continue to work on bringing happiness, not only to the workplace, but to individual individuals' lives. All right, so I've got a team meeting on Monday, and uh, Amy, I want to take some great advice from you, and I'd love to implement this. I've got a, a leadership meeting, and then I kind of have like an all-hands account manager meeting. Um, what would be some good good things that, that Josh could do for his team uh, on Monday morning? <laughs> okay, let's start here. I love this. Let's start here. One of the things that I would do, I'm going to go back to values because it's like one of my favorite things. It's a really good place to start. And so one of the best things that you can do if you're just getting started is go into that meeting and have people identify what are their top three values, personal values. And we have 55 core human values. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that, you know, whatever somebody chooses, if it's not on that list, it's not okay. Uh, so have them choose their three core values and then have the discussion and identify, if you have not already as an organization, what are the organization's top values? Put them side by, have them put them side mm. by side and go, okay, where do we match up and where don't we match up? And if we don't match up, how can I use my day-to-day job, my day-to-day -day career, um, my workplace attitude, <laughs> how can I use that to bring more meaning to the my personal values? And just have them come up with a couple of things to say, okay, well, these are my values. Here's how I can bring more meaning in my job to those values. To to the company values? So it's, to their... Go ahead. Go ahead. To their personal values. So if the if their personal values do not match up with their yeah, with the company right. values, 
that doesn't mean it's a mismatch of life, right? It doesn't right. mean like you go quit your job <laughs> and uh, go find something else. That's not it. So if they don't, if they do match up, it's really easy because now you go, okay, I value this, they value this. So now that means that I can bring that same value every single day and it will uplevel the organization. Yes, they, that, that's exactly okay. what I'm thinking. It's almost like, you know, it's like, well, what are your... So we're, we're the Justice League or we're the X-Men or whatever, you know, the Avengers or whatever. What are your superpowers? Oh, well, you know, I am just really big on like equality. It's like, great. So one of our core values is, you know, how could you use equality into, you know, our value of democratization, for example, which is a different take on that, right? And so that's great because if I have five people and they're each coming at it with, you know, it's like, well, I've got Thor's mighty hammer. I can shoot lightning bolts out of my fingertips. You know, it's like everybody's got their <laughs> thing, um, you know, that, the, you know, their version of how they can support maybe that, that, um, you know, that company value. Yes. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Yep. A hundred percent. So, yep. And it's really all about bringing, um, you know, the end result is, is creating more meaning for your yeah. team because when they feel like that they're a part of something meaningful, yeah. now we know that productivity increases. We know that um, the, they're happier individuals are more joyful. They'll put in more, you know, um, effort. They're, they're more creative and they'll come up with more ideas. And it's just really a win-win for all. I parties. like this because this, this feels validating. Like if, if mm. someone asks me, you know, Josh, what makes you t like, what, what, what drives you? Like, what are your core values? And then I am able to express that. Like, I feel heard. I feel validated. Like this is, you know, this is the kind of environment that I want to work in where it's like, you know, imagine when you're working for someone and like, the, it just feels like there's just a values misalignment, right? That's, I don't, yes. I don't think people stick around for very long yes. when, when there's a, <laughs> when there's a big disconnect or, you know, going in opposite directions. So yeah. I, I share that, um, you know, as a leader, how valuable that this might be. And the temptation oftentimes I believe is what is, the, what are the tasks that let's get, let's talk about the tasks that need to get done this week. Right. And, and I find ourselves like in our meetings often, you know, we love, you know, rapport and kind of talking about what's, you know, what people are doing in their personal lives and that sort of thing. But oftentimes then I think we jump to tasks really quickly. Um, and there's a cost to that. And uh, as much as we look at, we're going to talk about feelings. Well, that's like an investment in time when it's like we got these <laughs> tasks that we really need to talk about. Um, but but Amy, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that. <laughs> about well, why yeah, it's I important. Mean, you got to invest this time. And if you don't, there are costs yeah. to that. Well, it just, it goes back to the very simple equation of thoughts control our feelings, our feelings control our actions. So you want to talk about tasks, you want to talk about actions, right? However, if you want them to take the right actions and, uh, you know, just explode in in what their capabilities are, then you have to talk about feelings mm -hmm. because our feelings control our actions. So you can talk about tasks and what needs to be done. But if they're sitting there going, whatever, I hate this job. I don't trust this person. Uh, this, this coworker drives me crazy. Uh, and it makes me feel like unimportant. It makes me not feel valid. All of these things. Then you can talk about actions all day. 
But guess what? They're not going to be effective if you don't back up and talk about feelings. So I know it feels kind of like woo-woo, especially like mm-hmm. in an organization <laughs> to talk about feelings. But if you if you want that action, then you got to back up. I mean, that is just basic psychology. Thoughts control our feelings, which control our actions. So let's let's have the awkward conversations mm-hmm. in the workplace. And the more we have these awkward conversations, the less awkward they become. Amy, uh, who do you work with and, and how do you help them? Like what size organizations? Where do you step in? Um, how do you how do you fix thing? What, what do you fix? What pain do you solve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we work with all sorts of different organizations. I mean, I did um, one for Pfizer here recently. Um, we've got a couple of assisted living facilities coming up. I've worked with government entities, you know, and I think a lot of times when we hear certain things like uh, our employees are just disengaged or um, there's a, a lot of gossip in the workplace that uh, te- tends oof. to be <laughs> one that I hear a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, or you just feel like um, maybe that there's not a lot of trust within the organization. Those are like really common pain points mm. that people say. And then they come and say, can you help? <laughs> can you fix? And uh, the an- the short answer is yes, of course. Uh, you know, the the longer answer is let's talk about what the root problem is. And, and uh, why, yeah, you know even started to occur to begin with. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and I'll just, you know, again, business leader to business leader, I'll just tell you that it's it's so incredibly naive to ignore the elephant in the room. Um, If you know that it's there, you feel it, it's like, but you ignore it. You don't want to address Mm -hmm. it because it's messy or uncomfortable or you don't have the time to do it. Uh, It will come I mean, it will absolutely rear its ugly head if if you don't proactively address those those culture things. Um, yes, Amy. When um when what would be the next steps for somebody like like do you do like discovery calls, exploratory calls? You know, where you just kind of like you know the the, the doctor is in and and you invite <laughs> you know someone to have just a conversation with you about what's going on in their organization and then you could kind of maybe make a prescription for them and talk about you know how you might help yeah that's exactly what uh that is exactly what i do and so if anyone is interested or or just even wants to bounce the idea like hey is this something that you see or um is this something that maybe you can help with let's just chat Uh, I think that that's a really good place to start because as you say, the elephant in the room, Mm. I I don't even know if I rewatch this recording, if my body language shows, but as soon as you said that, I went, because like, I felt it too. Like I remember those times, you know, and so it is not going to go away. So let's just chat and see if there's something, some form or fashion or can get you going on in the right direction. I know it's my personality type. You know, I just, you know, growing up, like you just didn't leave stuff unsaid or unaddressed. You just dealt with it. Um, so, you know, when, but, but meanwhile, I knew of other family members who, you know, had this bitter thing, you know, that was just never resolved or addressed. And to me, that's like, that's so painful. Um, so leaders, um, don't know what you're going on in your organization. Uh, (laughs) but I can tell you firsthand, having worked with Amy now, um, for many months, 
Uh, Amy has an intuitive, uh, she knows how to ask the right questions. Um, and um, I, I, I would imagine, Amy, that a lot of your work might be uncovering things that leaders are probably not even aware of. Like that it's just, That's right. you know, in this undercurrent that maybe they, they suspected. Um, but listen, all of this stuff, it's affecting turnover. It's, it's affecting every metric in business. And so um, kind of like, I kind of look like at working with you, Amy, is, is kind of like going to the doctor. Like if you are the leader of an organization, you just got to take your body to the doctor for your annual physical and checkup once a year. Say, all right, doc, everything all right? <laughs> and so having you come in and say, let's check things out and see where there's opportunity for improvement. Because we don't want you to lose your key employees. We don't want someone to be miserable at work. We we don't, you know, if everybody is, you know, two shades of gray uh, off of where they could be, is that something that's fixable? And if it were Absolutely. fixable, what could the outcome be? So, um, Amy, I appreciate your approach to your generous soul, um, your website right down there uh, at the bottom of the screen, choose-happy.me. And do you have a schedule link on there or where do people go? Uh, yeah, they can go... Uh, um, well, let me give you the email address because yes. that just will give you direct contact with me. So that's amy at choose-happy.me. So A-M-Y at choose-happy.me. I'm actually Amy at, uh, I'm, I'm goofing around on a new platform here. So I apologize if there's been like some weird technical things here, but sure, let's, let's see if I can. Yeah, look at that. Amy, did I get that right? Amy at choose-happy.me. Yeah, perfect. Hey, okay, good. Hey. <laughs> well, Amy Dix, again, thank you so much. There's your email address on the screen. There's your website right there. Uh, uh, I can vouch Amy's good people. Uh, Amy's been, it's been a delight to work with you on a, on a couple of different projects and um, you're always just a good influence on, 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 uh, you know, on, on leaders. So I'm very grateful that we get to work together. So again, Amy Dix, thank you so much for joining thank you us so much. Yeah. I appreciate again, you. Choose dash happy dot me. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview listeners because I'm making my great escape. As it turned out, this was not a foolproof disguise. My, ID is a formatted correctly, my hard hat is a slightly different color, and my mustache fell off from scratching at it so much. Happens to the best of us. If you enjoyed this harrowing episode, please subscribe to see more. And if you want another way to spy on Josh, go to upmyinfluence.com. That is upmyinfluence.com. This is Morse code, over and out.